Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. The Last Kids on Earth and their superhero alter egos are back in the latest installment of the graphic novel spinoff series, The Last Comics on Earth, Too Many Villains. Jack, June, Quint, and Dirk face their biggest challenge yet, creating the sequel to their hit graphic novel in a mad dash, puzzle-filled race across Apocalyptia to stop the biggest evil plan in history. Hey, you know what the creators of Last Comics on Earth's evil plan is? Make me and my kids love these books. Seriously, my younger kid is a huge fan of both the Last Kid series and the Last Comic series. It's true. And now I'm hooked too. The whole team has created a delightful cast of characters with some fantastic kid-friendly art throughout that will appeal to readers of all ages. Buy your copy of The Last Comics on Earth in stores today. You can also visit lastkidsonearth.com to learn more. This is a podcast from Minute Media. What is up, everybody? Welcome to The Stack, your comic book review show. <laughs> Woo! Alex uh, had that late <laughs> afternoon espresso. <laughs> I did, actually. I had an Americano. I can I, tell. Your eyes are fully crossed. Oh, my God. I'm going nuts right now. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And on The Stack, we review a bunch of comics that come out this week. And just bunch. because... I wanted to get Pete and Justin real good. We got a bunch of other advanced reviews coming out on the stack today. How many titles do we have? I haven't even counted it. What is it? There's 3, not that many numbers. 4,000? Yeah. Infinite? You're, you're crying a blood tear right now, like some <laughs> sort of uh, James Bond villain. Guys, let's get into this before I die. <laughs> All right, first up, let's kick it off on a cheery note. Heroes in Crisis, number six from oh, DC man. Comics. That's where you're starting? Yeah, let's start it up. Start it up. Oh, my God. So if you haven't been keeping up with Heroes in Crisis, there's a place called Sanctuary, which a bunch of superheroes, some supervillains go to to repair their psyches, to deal with their issues. And a bunch of them got murdered. And we've been trying to figure out over the course of the series exactly what happened. We got a couple more clues this issue, but mostly it was a flashback to how... I get it. Uh, To how Harley Quinn ended up there uh, and what exactly she was doing there when ostensibly, even though she's in Suicide Squad, she's a villain instead of a hero. Also, a lot of uh, great touching moments between her and Poison Ivy. Yeah. Yeah. Now, how do you feel about this issue? I mean, I like this series a lot. I know it's like a little controversial and people are sort of like, tell us already. There's a lot of... It's getting frustrating. But the storytelling is so good and the... Just the observations and the character voices are so detailed and specific that it's good. But you don't ever see heroes written this way. That's that's interesting. But it's eating like it would have been one thing if we're kind of doing this thing like, okay, we're getting to know superheroes, how they think, what they're about. But the fact that like there's this giant murder, we don't know why we're seeing this. We don't know who's doing what. It's a little frustrating. 
It is crazy that a comic book would try to hold a reveal till like the end. Right. But I know well, that's and, uh, and a mystery story too, because yeah. usually Hercule Poirot will come in and be like, "That guy did it," and now another three hundred pages. Yes, yeah. that's exactly right. And for those of you at home, I don't know what Alex is talking about because I'm <laughs> under the age of sixty. <laughs> <laughs> come on, man! You didn't see Kenneth Branagh and Murder on the Orient Express, the uh, hit movie from maybe a year ago or something. Not so. a hit movie, and the only people that watched it have died. <laughs> Since they watched it. What about oh the ABC murders on Prime Video starring John Malkovich? Uh, sure, I believe you. That's peak TV, <laughs> and that's on the different peak than I'm on. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, I, I'm actually, I think, halfway between you guys, where I definitely did start to feel this issue like... Okay, let's get to it a little yeah. bit. Particularly because well, it just cover. felt like they were going to get to yes, it. Yeah. Exactly. It's That's not like why. I'm not dying for it right now, but this issue felt like you're going to find out, and then they were like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there's definitely that structure, particularly because it was all, for the most part, taking place in the past. Yeah. Where it's yeah. like, here's a key piece of information yeah. for you guys. And I'm sure it's there. I'm sure the way that it is structured, when we get to the end of the series, we're going to go, oh, of course, the clues were there all along. We just didn't quite I don't, see I don't that. think so. Uh, one thing that I will say I really liked about this issue in particular that has been slowly building over the course of the series is Tom King as the writer clearly reclaiming weird super strange parts of DC continuity and letting them be blown out with full page splashes like literally blown out Um, that wasn't necessarily present at the beginning of the book, which started as a big fight scene. Right. Uh, and it's built, and it's actually gotten slower as it's gone on, which I think is interesting. But I do think the, the what he's doing with the, the panel structure and the different color palettes, him and the artist, the different color palettes that they're using with the different character points of view here are so cool. And I love just the uh, the caveman guy talking about um, oh the different philo- uh, philosophers really? of history. You like that? That was so yeah. cool. That was, sm- was so fun. cool. It was great. It was fun stuff. Uh, very fun series. That's I'm in crisis. I'm a, I'm Justin w- in crisis. Quick question before we I'm move on. I'm just in crisis. Would you go to Wait, Sanctuary? how many more issues do we have? Three hundred. There's three hundred issues, and then yeah. uh, no, there's it can't the be that many. Series. Yeah, the follow. They're going to reveal it in the second, which is called Infinity Heroes in Crisis. Yes, I think there's three. There's three more <laughs> issues. Yeah, six of nine. Yes. Okay, so I can wait then. Oh, good. Good, man. Jesus. Oh, God, I love that. Let's move on to another title from Boom Studios, Buffy the Vampire Slayer number two. Now, Pete and I talked about this on the stack. Yeah, we yeah. did. Oh, yes. cool, guys. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, what? It's great uh, no, I I'm love... just giving a little bit of context. You're cheating on me. Uh, anyway. What I'm saying <laughs> is that we were both very surprised by the first issue of this. Yes. Particularly yeah. because it almost out of nowhere, I guess unless you read a lot of interviews about it, uh, it presents an entirely different continuity for Buffy the Vampire Slayer, updates it, changes stuff, includes characters from the series. Um, But ultimately, I I think what I expressed was I felt like, as a Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan, I was completely thrown by reading the issue, but once I got used to it, I was into it. Uh, I could confirm this issue. I loved it. Like, I think this is so good. It's taking a lot of lessons, particularly from history of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and bringing them forward to the modern era in a really good way. Frankly, I'm shocked that you say that. Because I'm looking at a panel right now where she is completely disrespecting books 
and uh, oh. establishment. She's got her feet up in the library, like she owns the place. Yeah, right. Right. sixty the years old. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, mm. Of that alone is it's your library. Infallible. You love like that's where you check your emails at the library, right? Right. Yeah. Nice. Uh, <laughs> he has a rotary. I, cell I make myself a tuna sam- <laughs> sandwich. Wait a oh, week. Man. Leave it out in the sun, and then go eat it as I check my email. Nice. Oh, and a little God. bit of light pornography at the library. <laughs> yeah. uh, I agree with you. I think it's nice, and I'm not like I like Buffy the TV show, the series, the comic book series. I liked a lot. How crazy it got over the over the years, mm-hmm. over the seasons. Um, I think it's nice to see your favorite characters meet again for the very first time. Yeah. And the way that they're repainting stuff, if you do know the series, all of this stuff is familiar to you. You have a suspicion of how things are going to go, but yeah. clearly they're going very differently. You see Spike and you're like, ooh, this yeah. guy's got it going on. Exactly. And I think the character work was really nice and different and riffed off of particularly Xander and Willow. The differences with them, I think, was really good. We got to meet Cordelia this issue. A very different take on Cordelia in particular, but mm. it's good stuff. Yeah, I, I'm really enjoying. What do you think about her being a track star? You guys yeah, excited about that? Right. <laughs> it's a big reveal. <laughs> well, I hear I was actually struck by that because Sunnydale High, uh, back in the series, you always got the same shots because there were only a limited number of places they could film in that actual school. Uh-huh. Uh, getting to see a track was actually kind of nice. Oh, wow! Sorry, Look buddy. at this that flashback to Zalvin's high school days. Thing, yeah. dude, geek out I, was, I was a big track Real guy. Track rack. You, you yeah. were a track guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I uh, major events. Yeah, I used were... to do the hurdles. Is that for real? For what length? Yeah, I was there for like a week. <laughs> yeah, I think you mean I, I think you mean you did the hurdle. You I did one. Couldn't. You I could. I signed up for the hurdles and I couldn't do it. <laughs> what did, why did you do that? That's a, that looks very hard. Yeah, I also tried to fall down. I yeah. also tried to do shot put. I couldn't do oh, that. I feel man. like Alex, you should be good at running before you jump in a hurdle. Throw a hurdle in. Literally, it's like I, throwing. It's like adding a hurdle. Yeah, that's. Huh, is that where the expression comes <laughs> from? <laughs> I think so. That's interesting. <laughs> Moving to an image comic book of the Wicked and Divine number forty-two. This was a huge issue. Yeah, so much going on. Uh, So I don't know about you guys. I love this series, but I get into every issue going, well, I I don't know what's going on. I agree (laughs) all the time. And like, I'm an astute reader. I've uh, been around the been around the back of the barn when it comes to reading comic books for many years. You know what I'm talking about. And uh, so like, (laughs) but every time I pick it up, I'm like, oh, wait, what exactly is happening? And I don't quite know. So and I think that's uh, I don't know if it's purposeful, but it, it feels like Kieran Gillen's. Uh, certain bits of his comic book work is this type of storytelling. Yeah, and until this issue, though. Yeah, where and then like... suddenly it was all laid out, and it completely floored me because normally I do expect that, and I kind of expected we'd never quite get an explanation uh, or a comprehensible is the wrong word, but something that wasn't laid out in a very esoteric way. But here they very plainly explained the plot, they explained the villain, they explained the purpose of everything. It's great. I'm, yeah. I'm very excited for the and last. I just want to say I am so bored of men like you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, great. Good. That's you a line from the comic, but also true about Pete and our friendship. <laughs> yes. Anyway, this is great. If you're not on board already, uh, the art. Know, go yeah. back and read. Alone all is worth it. I have Art's no idea great. what's uh, going on. There are three issues left. 
three issues yeah, left. But it's exactly. very entertaining and definitely worth picking up. I like how this issue also sort of scooped up all the standalone um, yeah. comics throughout the different ages uh, of Wicked and Divine. Yeah, he talks about that a little bit in the back yeah. matter where he says, it's funny that people think, oh, I'll get back and read those later. And he's like, well, we put them in that order for a yeah. reason. That wasn't an accident. Right, exactly. Uh, moving on to a Marvel comic book, Captain Marvel, a Braver and Mightier, number one. Uh, this is a little bit of a one-shot, uh, teeing up. There's a movie coming out. I don't know what? if you guys knew. Yeah. Uh, what'd you guys think about this? Uh, this felt very much like a, hey, you've seen this movie poster. Here's a story that's about that character. Right. Uh, so to me, it didn't it didn't really offer a lot of insights into the character or like uh, who she is in the Marvel Universe and where she's going. Um, it was just sort of like splashy, well-drawn Captain Marvel story. Yeah, uh, there's there's two parts of the story. There's Captain Marvel having a big space battle, and then there's two kids who are waiting to interview Captain yeah, Marvel. Big interview she has. Uh, I gotta tell you, I would have wanted the entire issue to be about those kids. Like yeah. I wished, I wished I it was just from their perspective because I like them talking about Captain Marvel, what she means, agonizing over asking them a question. Um, there was that uh, Alex Ross series, Marvels, which was the same sort of street level thing uh, from the direction of photographers and reporters and yeah. everybody. And I think that would have been neat. Um, again, I think like. To your point, if you already know Captain Marvel, you don't necessarily need to pick this up. Um, but at least that part of the issue, I think, is enjoyable it, and very sweet. It was tough because I know why they kind of broke it up to give you a little action and then a little story and stuff like that. But, like, to me, when she's talking about how important the interview is during that fight, I'm like, well, we don't need to see this fight because she cares about the interview. That's yeah. what we care about now. So, yeah. yeah. And it was weird because I care about fights a lot. Yeah. So, you know, to weird. not care about it's a, a well drawn fight, I'll say that. Yeah. yeah. I just, I also think there's some fatigue at this type of story, particularly with Captain Marvel. I feel like there's been so many sort of reboots and standalone issues sure. uh, of her lately that are just like. Well, and I will say, if you are looking for a Captain Marvel book, the current ongoing Captain Marvel book by Kelly Thompson is yeah, so, so good. good. Yes. So much that's fun. That's great. Yeah, definitely pick that up, uh, that series up. Let's move on to an advanced review coming out March 6th The Six Million Dollar Man from Dynamite. Uh, this is from our friend Chris Hastings, who's going to be on the show in a couple of weeks to actually. Yeah talking about this very book. We yeah. won't get into spoilers here. Um, I thought this was super fun. It's funny. It has a, a tone that I didn't expect. Yeah. Uh, so I think we can talk about this at least a little bit. The tone of the book is sort of James Bond, but he's like a bit of a doof. Yeah. He's like a, That's sort a of like for it. He doesn't quite know exactly how to do it. And he's bad at talking to people, um, <laughs> which is a fun take. It's a yeah. take you don't uh, see a ton of. So I'm down. Yeah, I thought this was a very, very enjoyable, great kind of like introduction to this world. I'm excited for more. Yeah, it's uh, uh, I'm trying to think how to talk about this without talking about spoilers. But I don't know much about the six million dollar man. I think, you know, that like he has biotic legs a biotic arm and biotic eye and he was made the the original tv series was made in like the 70s when it was like whoa that's fucking expensive right. and, and now it's sort of like oh it's sort of fine amount of right. money and also it's like why is just that part of you biotic and what does that mean and i think that's what hastings is playing yeah. off of there to great effect i like, hope he's a little janky like yeah. they didn't do that much uh in this uh, beginning but that's a fun idea that it's like He's they couldn't didn't spend six billion dollars, right? And 
So if you don't know anything about the title, if you don't know anything about the character or anything like that, it's still a really good, really fun introduction. So look forward to that. Another one coming out March 6th. This is from Dark Horse Comics, Black Hammer 1945, number one. Now, this is by Matt Kent and Ray Fox. They collaborate on the story. Fox wrote it, and Matt Kent does the art. Uh, this is, you can probably figure out from the title, but taking his Black Hammer franchise back in time, it's riffing off of the Blackhawks from DC. Universe uh, and a bunch of other titles like that. Um, man, this is so good. Every yeah. one of these are so good. The art is so cool. Uh, yeah. There's a lot. It's sort of like uh, I mean, it's definitely in in Matt Kent's style. It's like uh, sort of sketchy in different ways, but it feels like the big splash pages that you get a little bit later on in the issue are fantastic. Yeah, how'd you feel about this one, Pete? Uh, yeah, the art is. It took me a little bit to get used to, but once I did, I really got into it. Uh, yeah, I, I love the story. It really has a great pace and kind of sets things up with uh, key flashbacks. I very much enjoyed it. It takes a little while to understand how this connects to the general Black Hammer universe, uh, but if you haven't been reading those titles, you can still pick this up if you're looking for a World War II style adventure with some absolutely insane visuals as yeah, the book goes very on. Very cool. It's great. Yeah. Uh, cool. Let's move on to one we can talk a little more openly about from Boombox <laughs> Avant Garde number two. This is another title that I believe Pete and I talked about. We were very pleasantly surprised by the first issue, which uh, reverses the paradigm so that there's an underdog sports team at an arts college uh, instead of, I guess, you the see other... what they did there? Yeah. Because you have the artists be the, the people who are yeah, underdogs right, right, normally, right, right, but it's right, actually right, the right, sports right. people. So, what do you think about the second issue? And, uh, do you, for you, Justin, jumping into this for the first time. Yeah, actually, I think we did talk about this oh, as a group together because okay. I'm here sometimes. Uh, <laughs> I just assume any of the old titles you just uh, weren't yeah. paying attention. First time, first time, long time. Uh, so <laughs> great, it's good comic book, eight and a half by eleven, stapled together. Great, thanks, Justin. <laughs> well, uh, Pete, no, <laughs> did you also think it had staples, or what was your take? Yeah, on? I also really enjoyed the stapling here. Uh, well, so so well placed. No, uh, I feel like <laughs> I got to be honest. Most comics you read these days, staples all over the place, all yeah. over, the all place. over the place. Yeah. Just like in just, the cover, just a bag full of them in there. Bunch oh, of loose that's pages. the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Pages, bag full of staples. <laughs> uh, no, I, I like this a lot. It it really lets you get into the the heads of the characters, and I do think. The, so the first two issues have been all about like we got to get this girl to play basketball, mm-hmm. and you know she's gonna play. So, <laughs> so by, the, by the end of yeah, uh, I was like, just let's get to the the playing. And yeah. this issue is sort of broken up with like all the different characters, which I think is a great way to introduce the characters and sort of get their character games out there. Right. Uh, but each but by the third one, I was like, okay, let's see this basketball. <laughs> well, you're psyched to see basketball. Yeah, you're yeah, probably pumped, gonna see man. it uh, next issue. I also like that they're sort of just fine at basketball. Yeah. Yeah. They'll get not, better. I huh? think they'll get better. Yeah, no, I, I think I'm that's sure they how will. Stories work, but I feel like it's it would be like an easy. You would fall in the trap of like they're going to all be awesome, or this uh, this new player is going to be the best one, and it's not. There, everyone's just normal and just like no, we, we want to be friends. It feels like the motivator, mm-hmm. and then the basketball is just what they do. And I like yeah. that sort of uh, more naturalistic ease of storytelling. It's Moving like up. the opposite of us. Or this is what we do, but you're constantly because we're, we're we're great at basketball. <laughs> oh, we should you mention did. actually that we uh, have a basketball team. Yeah, we are. Any other podcast that wants to challenge us to a three on three tournament, I am not going to we'll carry both on a fucking basketball court. I'll no tell you way. what. I don't think you're good at basketball. I am good at basketball. Do you guys remember back in the day when we took on AI Fanboy and we <laughs> fucking killed them? Yeah, that, that podcast is over because they're dead. 
Oh, come on, <laughs> we man. We murdered them. That's not. They actually still do their podcast as well. Yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, well, Fantastic Four number seven from Marvel Comics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool, dude. Oh, Hoop it yeah. up. Yeah. Got that basketball vibe. Hoop Ballin'. it up. Uh, uh, so Dan Slott is writing this title. The Fantastic Four is in Latveria. Doom has a big plan to do something with Galactus. We find out a little bit more about that, this particular issue. Uh, I think Dan Slott is doing a good job of weaving the absolutely batshit insane ways the continuity has taken in particular, Dr. Doom and Galactus, yeah. repainting them as villains while not ignoring the continuity of what's happened before, yeah. uh, which is super tricky to do. It is tricky, and honestly, I could have done with a little less of that. Like, I, don't, sure. I feel like at this point, in the way the Marvel Universe has been sort of fractured a lot lately, and the way they're using their characters across all these different events, it's sort of fine to lose a couple little continuity hits if you can just like continue telling the story. Because this felt like a very like middling issue where I was like, uh, you sort of like touch it, resetting a couple things in the table, but the meal hasn't come yet. Hmm. What did you think about it, Pete? Uh, I love Doom. I love Galactus. This was a fun issue. Uh, I think I think Dan Slott's writing the crap out of this. All right, very oh, cool. Wow. Invisible Kingdom out March 20th from Dark Horse Comics, I want to say. Uh, this is yep. from G. Willow Wilson, uh, late of Miss Marvel, among other things. Uh, what would you guys think about this book? Uh, I like this uh, a lot. It felt like... Um, the the story didn't take didn't go where I wait, expected. Wait, wait, which one are we talking about? Invisible Kingdom. Oh, this was my fucking jam. Really, really? this was my yeah, shit. Give I it to us. I love this book. First off, it's gorgeous. Yeah, beautiful, yeah. unbelievable world they're setting up. Super creepy, super world weird. You have these two kind of different stories happening same time. I'm not simultaneously. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. so. But man, uh, I it's. I love the way, like, by the end, we're kind of like, the, you, get, you get things tied in. I'm super into this. I, I think what we can tell you is there's two characters that are essentially working at an interstellar UPS, and then there's one character that is entering a very strange alien nunnery. Um, Can't see. What? You can't see in that nunnery. Yeah, you can't see in that nunnery. No eyes. Um, and I don't think it's too much to say that those stories start to come together by the end of the issue yeah. Yeah. Uh, in, as Pete said, a very surprising way. Uh, it's definitely a slow burn, but this is one of the... We talked a lot about how these uh, sci-fi books have a very typical, like, okay, we're going to get to the premise at the end of the first issue. That's not what happens here at all. It yeah. is setting up the world, but things are actually happening yeah. in that world, but you don't see how they fit together, at least initially. And they do a great... I'm sorry, Justin. They do a great job of like uh, setting up two very different, interesting characters that make you like follow what's going on in a way where you're not like, okay, get to it, or uh, you know, I'm not sure what's going on. I've, I feel like they do it in such a... Uh, creative, artistic way that you don't mind the journey that you're kind of being led on. Yeah, I agree. The details up top just keep you interested. I'm yeah. dying to know both, what, both what's happening with both sides of these stories and the fact that they are going to come together is an added bonus. There you go. Moving on to an outer space story we can talk about. Also from Boom Studios, Firefly number four. We've been loving this book. This was one of my favorite issues so far. Mm. So funny. So well done. Yeah. Uh, Mal and company are under siege on a planet. There's a bunch of different forces uh, that are trying to kill them all at the same time. And the way that Greg Pak writes this issue, like, there's been some super dark stuff that had happened. 
this one is the funny one. Like yeah. this is this is Greg Pak. I mean, the yeah. guy's hilarious. Well, guys, the, the guy's crew, a comedy he's legend. A kick in the pants. Yeah. Uh, this is the crew of the Serenity basically using all of their wiles to uh, work one over on as many people as possible. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was great. Yeah, it's uh, the exchange where they're trying to um, find out who's the worst sinner because that's the order they're going to be killed in. Uh, <laughs> to uh, Who sinned the least dies first, I guess, is what right. they were saying. And so it's fun to see them sort of arguing uh, against. They're like, I'm a bad person over and over again. Right. Was great. Super fun game. Yeah. Into it. I also love the moment where it was like is there a different uh what is it uh boss moon that yeah because it's yeah. just like because the one we know yeah and i yeah. really like that whole they've account- also done a really good job of creating characters that make sense and feel organic to the firefly universe while they are totally new uh very enjoyable series i also felt like they left it in such a great uh kind of end period where you really mm-hmm. want to know what's going to happen next yeah this title very good a great pop man to one of our absolute favorite comics from Image Comics, Ice Cream Man, number oh, 10. Man. Now, for those of you who haven't been keeping up with this, this has been essentially an anthology comic with some horror stories that had rough linkage up until the last issue yeah. when the world exploded outwards and we found out that it's this almost war between these two characters, one of whom's this demonic ice cream man sometimes, and another character who seems to be good. Then we don't know a lot of the backstory. And he's a right? cowboy. Yeah, and he's a cowboy. He's a cowboy. Uh, <laughs> this issue, at least half of it is told in Spanish. Uh, it takes place a little bit around Dios de los Muertos. Yeah, uh, on the border. And, and we have these two characters very specifically worked into the story. Uh Great as usual, I think. That this was extra frustrating for me because really, I can deal with horror and scary shit. Okay, fine, but now you're going to bring in this love story where it's like this poor guy is trying to save this girl and do the right thing, and then it doesn't get to happen because of this evil ice cream man who's been like, oh. It makes it yeah. so much worse than I already thought it was. But to be honest, he didn't sell a lot of ice cream in this Yeah, no. He was a general. This is, if you haven't been reading the title, at the end of every issue, they show a tally of how much ice cream he sold and how much money he's made. <laughs> Bad day Just for ice cream sales. Not good. Plus, it's hot down there. Everyone wanted an ice cream. Oh, yeah. man. You could see a bunch of the characters were licking their lips. Yeah. And this this comic is like, it's almost like they're like, oh, you think you have this figured out? Ha ha, left turn. But I think I love that they keep it. It's just about telling these stories. They do such a good job of making them stand alone and be interesting by themselves. Sort of thematically touch on just a different like type of horror. This one about like thinking you have your life all worked out. And then the horror that it doesn't work out with a true horror is that it works out like better for other people. Yeah. <laughs> and so that like it's just great. It's just great top to bottom. Uh, another Dark Horse comic that's coming out on March 6th. Obey me. That's the name what? of the comic book. You didn't say, oh, baby. You said, obey me. Oh, baby. Yeah. Yeah. What? Obey me. Obey me. You're saying, oh, baby. Yeah. It sounds like you're saying, oh, baby. <laughs> it's obey me. Oh, yeah. baby. <laughs> <laughs> you're, whatever you're saying, it's wrong. Oh, oh baby. 
it did sound like you said, oh, baby. Oh, baby. <laughs> I, was like, oh, baby. I didn't read a comic called yeah. that. I have a very stuffy nose for uh, my entire life. So. Fun detail about one of your hosts. <laughs> Stuffed up. <laughs> Stuffed as a motherfucker. Just always. Like, literally yeah. always. So when I say things like, oh, baby, it sounds like, oh, baby. <laughs> oh, Honestly, I, I, I don't I know even know what you said. What did you guys think about this comic? This comic, Obey Me. <laughs> um, this one... Uh, this one was fun. It was <laughs> sure. <laughs> this was really weird, man. Uh, it was weird. Um, I don't quite. So I liked the uh, uh, the monster hunting aspect of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, w- without getting too much of spoilers, the I, I think we could talk about the general yeah. concept of the book. That it's about this soul reaper that goes to yeah. uh, collect a soul from a mobster. It's basically one long action sequence as she teams up with the demonic dog. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I didn't love it. It's hard to tell what's going because at the end it's the uh, it's there's some un- we don't understand quite how her powers work. Yeah, but then the character's like. I don't know if that's how your powers work. And I was like, me and you both, yeah. hell dog. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was kind of weird. It kept yeah. I thought you would like stuff. this, though, because it was mostly action and killing. No, I love that part. But then it was And like, hell dog. Yeah, hell dog I liked. Yeah. I don't know. I think about there's a there's a demonic dog over the Avengers right now. That's a pretty good demonic dog. And this yeah. doesn't quite Th- get to the Thor-y. Thor-y. No, there's Thory in Thor, but there's another demon dog that Jason Aaron... Is oh, an yeah, that's right. Who works like for the vampires. The, He's a vampire. The, the vampire with the gas mask. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, General... I don't know, man. <laughs> We're just like 15 comics in this episode, and you're like, name another specific character that was just made up for the Blade arc in the Avengers. Shadow Colonel. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Shadow Colonel. There we go. That's our review of Oh Baby. Shadow Colonel. Moving on oh, to a very advanced Valiant Comics review, Punk Mambo number one. This isn't out until April 24th, but we got a, a very advanced look yes. at that one. Uh, I got to say, the magic side of the Valiant world is not my absolute favorite side, uh, but this is by Colin Bunn. I enjoyed this. I like this one a lot, too, yeah. um, and we can't talk too, uh, too much about it, but it was cool. Yeah, but you can talk a little more than that. You can talk more. Yeah, where's the where are the lines? I don't know. Uh, Pete, we'll what make did up you the think? Lines uh, every day, oh, baby. Th- <laughs> it was it was crazy because it's uh, there a lot of twists and turns. Just when I was like, okay, cool, this is what's happening, and then something else would happen, which was a little frustrating because I liked where it started, and then it kind of got off the off its rails a little bit. Uh, but I, I like the main character. I like what's going on. So. I'm on board. You got a punk rocker from way back fighting a bunch of people. Like, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. it's a uh, punk mambo is uh, wandering around. She's feeling a little bit lost. She uh, goes. She's immortal. She's immortal. She Spoiler, goes guys. Jeez. No, that's, that's not. We already that's, know that. That's fine. She's part of the Valiant it universe. Seems like you're revealing uh, too much. Due to events that have happened recently in the Valiant universe with Shadow Man and others, she's been a little uh, cut off from her powers. So ends up going on a quest to regain some of those. Cullen Bunn, great at horror, so he works that in the air. There's some really creepy characters going on, uh, but it's fun superhero stuff at the same time, and Punk Mambo is like John Constantine, but a lady. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Does she, I don't think she smokes as much as he does. True, uh, but that's not his defining characteristic. That's true, it's not. His defining characteristic is that he has his tie a little loose. Uh, that's a good call. Yeah. Trench coat. Another trench advanced coat. review coming out March 6th from Dark Horse Astro Hustle, number one. Uh, this one was <laughs> all, fine. All these comics have similar names. <laughs> yeah. I do oh, feel baby, like Astro Hustle, we're Punk Mom. Like, boop, boop, boop. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? Um,. Yes, Astro Hustle. Yes. Uh, this is Dude in Space. 
<laughs> who's doing an astral hustle. Yeah, and there's some pirates do, and do, stuff. Do, 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 uh, yeah, do, it's do, it's do, very. Do, it's supposed do, to be like a hustle. '70s French sci-fi comic, and it channels yeah. that very well. To be honest, that's not totally my thing. Uh, but if you do like that, I do think it nails that particular aesthetic. Pete, what do you think about this book? Uh, I love this book. It's crazy. It's over the top. It's hard to make sense of it. Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, very creative and worth picking up. Yeah, and the I, art's fantastic. They jump around a little bit in sort of this timeline of the story. I thought in a cool yeah. way, and you uh, it sets up some mysteries that I'm I'm curious about. And it has sort of a, a if Star Wars were like you know a little funkier. Is that fair? I also felt sure. bad for the captain there at the end there. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. Poor captain, huh? Yeah. Uh, Last one we're going to talk about from DC Comics, Detective Comics number 999. And, oh, man, this comic was very good. Yeah. Now, if you have been reading the ongoing title, uh, this one is by uh, James Tomasi. James Tomasi? Peter Tomasi. Yeah. Oh, my God. I have completely lost words at this point. Uh, Peter Tomasi, uh, Batman has been dealing with some sort of morphing foe who seems to be killing all of the people who trained him. Impossibly. Like, he's doing things that seem like it couldn't be possible. Yes. Uh, And we've been taking this journey through Batman's history. It all gets revealed, this issue. The reveal is so good. The writing is so good. The art is so good. Um, I honestly do not know how they're going to top this run with Detective Comics number 1000 because I have loved this arc so much. It feels like the perfect anniversary tribute to Batman. Yeah, I agree. Like it, And it's so funny to have this playing alongside Tom King's epic run because it's dealing with like these big sweeping stories about like what is Batman, why is Batman, and is Batman finally facing something that can really like destroy everything? And they're... That's similar themes, but they're finding a way each different story to like take down Batman in a different way. And we've seen that story hundreds of times. Like, can is Batman finally going to lose? And these feel different. Yeah, Pete, you raised your hand. Uh, you have a question. I have a question. Yes, great. It's not Robin, right? What the little kid that he's fighting in this fucking? Did town. you read the book? Did you read yeah. the words of the book? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm going to spoil it now for you, Pete. That uh, little Batman. Yeah. Uh, that's Batman. Yeah. What the that's fuck is bat- going on? And do you comic? notice he grows up a little bit? Right. He gets bigger. And like Batman you did. Comments like you did when you were bigger. little Pete. Yeah. And now you're. I'm now you're super confused by. I tried to read this Batman, comic like three times. It is revealed. Puts himself into a virtual reality simulator every year on his birthday and makes himself forget what's happening and challenges himself essentially to a death duel. It gets harder every single year. The object is to make him the strongest Batman he possibly can be because he does not want to end up in a situation in real life where he's not able to Batman his way out of it. Yeah. Uh, and and so, so at the end of this comic, he just take off the visors and everything we saw has just been his virtual. Yes. But he almost died, too. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, it's like, let me put it in terms you can understand. Wolverine. Okay. It's like that arc where Wolverine would die and then he would have to fight, fight another his, yeah. dude. Yeah. That's what this is. He had to fight his way like through hell and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Due to the sword, right? Yeah. yeah. That's still technically in continuity, right? I don't think so. <laughs> but... Uh, Cool, because that was back when they depowered Wolverine a little bit from then. Because that was back when truly any bloods like Lobo, if right. one little blood speck was left on his adamantium yeah. bones, he would be like, "I'm coming, <laughs> I'm growing back." But that's what this is like. Wolverine challenged, uh, ch- tested every time, so when you come back, you'd be stronger. Cool. I just wish that was a little clearer. I, I mean, it, they said it. 
They didn't. Uh, yeah, the words in the book. Well, they didn't yeah, say it out loud. I, I read it. Words. I read it. Right. Yeah. They did, yeah. They didn't say it to you. Yeah. The words were in your brain. Oh, yeah. cool. Like where reading goes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it's guys, like, I'll tell you where the money goes. The money goes no. to patreon.com slash comic book club, which helps support this show and podcast and many others. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. Come on down. We'll do too many reviews at your face, right? <laughs> oh, oh nice. my God. Pete, what else do you want to plug? Friend us on Facebook so you get to know about the amazing guests we have on our live show. Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live. Check us out at comicbookclublive.com for the podcast of Boar, and we'll see you at Oh Baby. Oh Baby. <laughs> you guys both.